10. Beginning at verse 10. Beginning at verse 25. Sorry. Luke chapter 10. Beginning at verse 25. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. A lawyer, and, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what should, shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26 says, And he said unto him, What is written in the law? Has, how readest thou? And he answered, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor, watch this, as thyself. Verse 28 says, And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt be shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, and when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he was departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come Come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Verse 37, last verse. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. You may be seated. I want to just for the next couple of moments, I'm not going to be long, speak to you from the subject, the weight of love. The weight of love. In 1964, uh, there was a song that came out. The lyrics went something like, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just to live Y'all know that song? Y'all know that song. Y'all say amen. Uh, but, but I found it to be so strange that this song was written over 50 years ago. Uh, however, the lyrics are just as relevant as they were then. They are just as relevant now as they were then. Um, I find that one of the things that the world is absolutely lacking is love. And that might be okay uh, for other religions, for other races, uh, for other people. Uh, but for those of us who are claiming the name of Jesus, there is no excuse to have a lack of demonstration of love. Uh, in fact, uh, love is so important to Jesus uh, that he says in the book of Matthew chapter 22 verse 37, he says, the greatest commandment I give to you. The greatest commandment I give to you has nothing to do with your prayer life, has nothing to do with how you fast, has nothing to do with how you dress in the pulpit. The greatest instruction that I give to you is that you love the Lord God with all your heart. Watch this next part. And love one another. I find it to be, I'm not making it up, that's in the, that's in the text, it's in the Bible. The greatest commandment Jesus says is that we love him and that we love one another. 
I find it to be very strange, very sad that the thing that is most on the mind of God is the thing that we discuss the least. The thing that is on the most mind of God is the thing that we struggle with the most. We are struggling every day with the understanding of what it means to love. We have been bamboozled into believing that love is activity, but love is demonstration. We have been bamboozled into believing that love looks like and what love sounds like, but love is God. And the Bible said, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. We have to understand how important it is that we love. Why is it so important to God that we love? Like I said, 1 John chapter 4 verse 8 said, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. It is so important to God that we love. Not so that we can know, not so that he can know us. Because according to Jeremiah, he says, before I formed thee, I knew thee. So he is not calling us to love him so that he can know us. He is calling us to love him so that we can know him. The reason why it is so important that we love God is because he wants to make sure that we know him. He wants to make sure that we're in relationship with him. Uh, I love the fact that it's not because he wants to boost his ego. He doesn't need your love to boost his ego. He is love. He exists all by himself. He existed before existence even existed. So he does not need your love. He is calling you to love so that you can be better. The reason why we must love God is so that we can know God. Why is that important? I say this to the young people here all the time. You find Christ. Seek Christ. Find you. So the more you love God, The more you know about him, the more you know about God, the more you know about yourself. Because the book of Genesis, we were created in his image and in his likeness, not in his exactness, but in his likeness. We were made to look like him. Uh, So in order for us to understand who we are, we must find out who he is. Uh, So the Bible says that we have got to love. Not making this up. This is scripture. We have to understand how important it is to love. I was dealing with the understanding of, now, we know what the word of God says about love. We, we get it. It's all throughout this text. Love, love thy neighbor, love. So why are we struggling so much with the understanding of love? Uh, where do we find how to love? The word of God. So, so, so if we find how to love in the word of God, then all we have to do is study the word of God to know how to love. Um, But I've come to tell you uh, that studying and reading is not enough. For the Bible says, be not hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Uh, So application matters. So a lot of us are reading the word. We can recite the word, but we're not applying the word. Because application requires us to handle, Professor Stanley. We must grip and handle the word of God in order to apply it. So why are we struggling with applying the word of God? Why are we struggling with putting our hand on the word of God to be able to apply it? The book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it says that the word of the Lord is quick and powerful and like a two-edged sword. Good God almighty. So so that means the reason why we aren't gripping it because if it's a two-edged sword, the more we grip the word of God, the more it hurts. Okay. Y'all quiet. So, so if the word of God is like a two-edged sword, that means the, the more you grip it, the more you bleed. 
The more you grip the word of God, the more pain you're in. I, I know we think that God is all about roses and, and good stuff, but, but have you ever read the word of God and been cut? Not that long ago, our leader stood boldly and preached about forgiveness, and I was in my chair bleeding. Because the more you grip the word of God, the more pain it is. And the issue that this generation is having is we want the promise of the word, but not the pain of the word. God, God Almighty, I'm trying to tell you that if you ain't never read the word of God and cried, then maybe your understanding is off. Because I've read the word and wept. So, so we must grab hold of the word of God. It does require some bleeding. It does require some hurt. It does require some pain. Uh, the word of God is powerful, it's quick, and it can handle anything that we go through. There is a weight to real love. Real love is heavy. Real love is weighty. The greatest example we have of love uh, is in the Bible when Jesus is hung from the cross. And, and before he was hung from the cross, he had to carry the cross. Uh, they wouldn't even let anyone carry it with him. The cross was heavy. Uh, before he could do this demonstration of love, um, he was embarrassed. He was humiliated. He was wounded. He, he bled before he got to the cross. Uh, I, I wish I could find some people who would understand that the process comes with bleeding. So... So it's heavy. Real love is weighty. The text that we deal with today says that there was a certain man who stands up while Jesus is preaching. He says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What I love about God, Elder, is he does not miss a beat. He is not fooled. He is not afraid. The Bible says, he says to him, you already know what the word of God says. This man is a lawyer. A lawyer is not someone who uh, stands in the courtroom at this particular time. A lawyer is someone who is proficient in the books of Moses, the law of Moses, the Pentateuch, the Genesis, the Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, with that being said, the Bible says that he begins to regurgitate Deuteronomy. Uh, he says, what should I do to be saved? Jesus says, you must do what you know to do because you've studied the word of God. He begins to regurgitate Deuteronomy. He says that I love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might. Love must be the foundation of our relationship with God. We have all these panels, all these open forums, discussing how we dress in church, discussing the lights, but there is no discussion going on about the lack of love that's going on in the church. So, so we must understand that we have to love God. The foundation of my relationship is not what I wear, but how I love God. And, and you may not like the way I deal with your young people. You might not like me. You might not know me. But one thing you must be sure about me is I love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my strength. I love God. You don't have to like me, but I love God with everything in me. He says we must love the Lord God with all of our heart. Our heart is the place that governs our emotions. 
He says we must love the Lord God with all of our strength. Strength is our endurance. You must love God with your emotions. Um, you must make an investment into loving God. See, the issue with many of us is we, we are trying to cash out bank without making an investment. You're trying to go to the bank and get something out, but there's nothing there because you haven't made an investment. That's why some of you are happy today and then sad tomorrow and next week you can't speak and then next week you hugging and want to go to the movies because you haven't invested your emotions into loving God. It talks about your strength. You must put your endurance, how you go through stuff, God. You must invest all that you go through into loving God. That's why there's so much instability. I guarantee you, you can trace any level of instability into lack of investment in loving God. The only reason there's so much instability is because you don't love God the way you should. Because if you love God the way you should, nothing should move you. If you love God the way you should, nothing could shake you because everything I have has been invested into loving God. That's part of that text. He says, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Your mind being how you make decisions. A lot of us, our decision making is off. Some of us, we know right from wrong, but still choose wrong. It's because we haven't invested our mind. You can sit and look at people who are sometimes in church. You can see their minds going all, all over the place. You have to invest your mind, how you deal, how you did make decisions into loving God. Last part of the text. He says, you must also love thy neighbor how you love yourself. Let's get back to it. So he says, um, that's the right answer. That's exactly what I was looking for. He says, okay, but wait, because he wants to justify it. The Bible says he seeks to justify himself in front of the crowd. He says, okay, but who's your neighbor? The Bible says he then begins to launch into a parable known as the Good Samaritan. It says a certain man is on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho when he's attacked by a band of thieves or robbers. Uh, let me park right there for a second. This man is on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho when he's attacked. Most times, the enemy only attacks people who are going places. If he had stayed in Jerusalem, he would have been safe. But because there was movement, good God Almighty, because there's a book in you, because there's a business in you, because your family needs you, he's attacking you because there's movement. Your movement attracts attack. If you weren't doing anything, the enemy wouldn't be interested in you. But it's because there's movement, because there's some purpose in you, because there's some destiny in you. He's attacking you because you're moving. Because there's songs in you, Tim, the enemy will continue to attack your mind, will continue to attack your thought process because there's purpose in you. If you weren't producing, he wouldn't be studying you. So we have to be careful that we guard our hearts, guard our minds. Because the enemy is looking for anybody who's making movement. Good God, nobody here. I don't know about you, but that's why I don't let nobody stunt me or make nobody stifle me in church. Because I know that my movement is the thing that got me here. So your movement 
attracts the attack of the enemy. As long as people love you, this movement. The Bible says this man is in the process of going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And a band of thieves, a band of robbers, comes down and they beat him and steal what he has. Leaves him almost half dead. This is my issue with robbers. Uh, firstly, I don't understand how you want something that I have and you don't know what I paid for it. Uh, my sister-in-law was telling me about a young boy who was followed from Wilson Avenue train station to right here on Central, on Schaefer and Central and was beaten because he had um, a Nintendo Switch. And, and I said to her when she was telling me, you know the thing that bothers me is they don't know if, her mo if his mother scraped up pennies to get the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and that's the thing that bothers me is you want something that I have and you don't know what I paid for it. Good God Almighty. I, I know it may look successful now, but I paid for this baby. I, I know it might not look like it, but I paid in tears and I, I paid in faithfulness. I paid for this. I never understood the concept of jealousy. How could you want my car and you don't know if you would afford my car note? Why you want to live in my house? And you don't know my mortgage. You don't know what I paid for it. People see Pastor Crow, she looks beautiful and they're jealous, but they have no idea that she paid nights when they went home and she stayed. They paid nights, she paid nights when she gave all her money and they was on vacations. You paid. You paid for this. I didn't write a check or money or the elder home, elder Matthews, but I paid for it with my life. I paid for it when I wanted to go out places and I stayed home. I paid for what I got. Bible says that robbers scooped down on him. Second thing I don't understand about robbers, and I'm so glad I understood this. Bishop taught us this a long time ago, is, is what God has for you is for you. I don't have to scheme. I don't have to plot. I don't have to knock you over. I don't have to try to sit in your seat when you get up. Because what God has for me is just for me. And here, here's the thing about it. Even if you don't want me to have it, it's still mine. Good God Almighty. Even if you don't think I deserve it, it's still mine. What God has for me in my house, no amount of plotting, no amount of scheming can take what God has laid up for me. So, the agenda of the robber is to seek some, take something that does not belong to them. So I'm so glad that I understand that I don't have to take stuff that don't belong to me. I'm so glad that God has something laid up for me. I'm so glad. The problem is we don't want to wait for the process of getting it. Um, but, but I'm telling you that it's worth the wait. You might have to wait for it, but it's worth it. Third part that kind of annoys me about robbers is they, they don't understand, or they do understand, that when they want something that doesn't belong to them, they, will, they are willing to kill for it. When, when someone wants something, their integrity level has been lowered, and they will kill you for it. 
I don't mean physically stab you up, but I mean that they'll, they'll do anything to distract and kill your focus. They'll, they'll do anything to woo you off your game. They'll do anything to distract you. Um, they will kill you for it. They are willing to stab you up in order to get what you have. Robbers are extremely dangerous because they'll do anything to get what you have. So the Bible says that this man is on his way from Jerusalem, Jericho. A band of robbers scoop down on him. The Bible says they leave him half dead. He has open wounds. He is bleeding. He is in need of a sub attention. But thank God that the church is coming. Because the Bible says that a priest is walking up. Uh, he has to cross over to the other side, uh, which gives rise into the understanding that at first he's near him. So he's able to see that he's bleeding. He's able to see that he needs help. But the Bible says that the church goes to the other side. Uh, now, now let's, let's deal with this. The priest represents the hierarchy of, of the tabernacle leadership. They are the ones who are the most versed in, in what the law says. They are the ones who stand in between the people and between God. They have to go to the priest because the, the veil hasn't been rent yet. So they have to go through the priest to go to what God has for them. So he's in great position. He knows what the law says. Uh, but the Bible says that he sees this man, Tim, bleeding and crosses over to the other side. I'm no fool. I understand that Levitical law says that a priest, a high priest, can't handle a dead thing. But the Bible says he's not dead. So he is so stuck in his religious movement that he doesn't even check. Oh, God, help me preach. Uh, uh, we are so set in our traditional ways that we don't even check. We don't even check to see if they're bleeding because they don't look like us, because uh, they don't like to wear their jeans like everybody else, because they talk too loud or because they make too much music. But, but, but the church doesn't even check. If he would have just checked, he would have saw that the man was living and he would have been able to help him. I wonder how many of us have lost souls because we wouldn't even check. I wonder how many of you are sitting in here with family members connected to you who are bleeding and you don't know because you never even checked. You come to church every week, but you never even check. God help me, because they like to do stuff that you don't like to do. They like to go places that you don't like to go. You didn't check. We had a panel here. Someone saying to me, why are people... So angry. Why? They sound so angry with the church. They're angry because they didn't check on us. They, they, they preached about us but didn't check on us. They, they pushed us out the door but they didn't check on us. Check. So the high priest sees this man bleeding. The church, which is supposed to be the place to build, sees this man in need. And the Bible says, he passes to the other side. I'm so glad, though, because sometimes leadership is busy. Sometimes they have stuff to do. So thank God there's some workers of the tabernacle who can pay attention to the man bleeding. So the Bible says that a Levi, a worker of the tabernacle, comes over, sees the man bleeding, 
and he goes to the other side also. We have to be careful that we're attending church and not believing God. We have to be careful that we are doing this because it's a Sunday and it's just on our schedule and it's just what we do. Uh, but we have to make sure that if we are going to lead, if we are going to direct choirs and usher people into the sanctuary, we have to make sure that we're checking. We have to make sure that we're loving. We have to make sure that we're doing what we need to do. You can love and you can do all types of activity in the church, but it's more important that you check that you love someone. So the Bible says, the church, I am so disappointed with the church in this scripture. The Bible says the church leaves this man bleeding out. The thing that really gets me is I probably could have made an excuse for them if they were on the other side. But each time they say they had to cross over to the other side which means they are in close proximity. That's the word, that's the word. Okay. They're in the closeness of the man in need. I'm wondering, have you reached out? I'm wondering, what are you doing to make sure those who are bleeding around you get the help they need? Uh, uh, so the Bible says, text says, almost done. Text says, here comes a Samaritan. Now the Jews don't like the Samaritan. They think them of kind of like a mixed breed. They, they're, they're not enough Jew, but they're also not enough Gentile. So they're kind of like in the middle. They don't like them. They, they have different culture. They, they dress a little strange. They worship a little loud. They, they aren't like them. They, they don't look like them. They don't smell like them. Uh, but the Bible says that when the church fails, it is the unchurched. It is the rejected man. It is the one who doesn't look like everybody. It is the one who don't smell like church. The one who wasn't born under the pew. It is that one who takes compassion on this bleeding man. And the Bible says that he picks him up and he begins to tend to his wounds. It is not the church that patches up the man it is the rejected. I'm telling you that we are coming into a time uh, where we have got to learn how to accept those who have been rejected because, because they're willing to do stuff that people that were born in church won't do. Uh, they are willing to do stuff and go places and go into areas that people who have been born here won't do. It is the rejected man. That's filthy. You know, the truth of the matter is, is, is I read somewhere, Pastor, that they said the Jews kind of think of the Samaritans almost like as dogs. It is, it is the one who they wouldn't even allow in the house to eat. God help me. It's the one that when they come to church because they have a different color hair, everybody is looking at them. It's the one that nobody is expecting. The one that no one thinks has purpose that begins to tend to the man. Bible says he has compassion on him. The word there for compassion in the Greek New Testament is the word for sympathy. He feels sorry for him. He sees this man bleeding. He sees this man wounded. And he begins to patch him up. He doesn't ask people, can everybody give me some stuff and let me help? The Bible says to him that he takes up his own stuff and begins to pour oil and wine in his wounds. He begins to use bandages and packs him up. 
Bible says he puts him on his own beast and he carries him to an inn. He gets to the inn and he says, whatever you spend, when I come back, I'll give you more. So he's the one who gives of his own resources. He gives of his own resources to patch the one who the church left. I've come to tell you that it's time for us to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up and understand that if we are going to be believers of Christ, not just members of a church, that we've got to wake up and be willing to carry some folk with us. The Bible says that he puts this man on his beast. And, and the man is hurt. So surely it has to be a lot of dead weight. But he doesn't care. He carries this man. He doesn't care how wounded he is. He's, he's carrying this man. Uh, we have to understand that if I'm going to love the way I should love, I have to be willing to carry you. I have to be willing to carry what you've been through. I have to be willing to carry what they said about you. I have to be willing to carry what you've gone through. I have to be willing to carry it. There is a weight to the love of God. Caleb, put that book back on for me. Friday night, I worked with demonstrations. I wanted to bring that to a Sunday morning. Just bear with me. I'm going to try to do this. I need you to understand that real love is weighty. And when you connect to someone, they've been through stuff that you don't even know. You don't even know that you love them and they look nice. But a lot of them are dealing with identity issues. They look nice, they come to church every day, but in their backpack, what they're carrying is identity issues. You, you have no idea how many of us are breaking, are living with brokenness from our homes. Um, you have no idea how many of us don't even love ourselves. We are dealing with brokenness. And although they look nice on Sunday mornings, you don't even know that they're carrying it. So, so, rejection, like the Samaritan man. A lot of us, live in families, and have you ever been in a room where it's full of people and somehow still feel alone? Yeah. Okay, they're quiet out here, but I've been in places where, where I've been nice and still felt alone. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us are dealing with spirit of rejection. And we look nice, and we praise, and we worship, but we're carrying. Last one. The shame of the embarrassment We've made so many mistakes. God can't forgive us. God can't love us. We've done the same thing over and over. I still come to church. I still sing on the choir. I'm still preaching. I'm still doing this. But no one has any idea that I'm carrying. They have no idea. They don't know because they haven't checked. God Almighty. So, so. Black people do this a lot. What happens in your house stays in your house, right? And you don't even know you've damaged your children because you won't allow them to speak to you. You won't allow them to tell you what's going on. A lot of us are living with family secrets. And although you force us to usher and you force us into the church, we're still carrying. Eventually, there'll be no room. So we have family issues. Abuse. It can be self-abuse. 
You know how many people don't love themselves, Tim? They dressed up on the outside and just in pieces in the inside. But no one knows because we're practicing religion without concern. Nobody knows because we're tied to tradition without love. So, so although I'm doing this, nobody knows I'm carrying. Cycles. I got a lot of weight today. Cycles. Patterns. I tell them young people all the time, the only way to break a cycle is change behavior. A lot of us are dealing with patterns, dealing with cycles. You can see it all over their faces. You ask them how they're doing, and they say, God is good. You're lying, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Because, because we know that you're dealing with the same stuff that you dealt with your whole life. And because no one checked on you, because no one knows what you're carrying. You good? I'm almost there, y'all. What about insecurities? Have you ever looked in the mirror? Sometimes when I'm here and people are saying nice things to me, I'm wondering, what are they, talk, what are they talking about? Because if they only knew how, how I'm barely pulling it together sometimes, if they only knew how discouraged sometimes, but you won't know because I'm planning and I'm preaching, and, but I'm still carrying. Let's see one more. Now, judgment. Judgment for what we've done. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not okaying your sin. Because what we fail to realize, young people, is that sin makes us unrecognizable to God. When God comes down looking for Adam, it's not because he don't know where he is. It's because his sin has made him unrecognizable to him. And you don't understand that your sin has made you unrecognizable to God. Uh, but even though you've been there, I've come to tell you that God can forgive you. That yeah. God can love you. And this is a judgment-free zone. I can't even worship how I want to worship because I'm afraid that people are going to giggle when I'm done. I can't even do what I want to do in church. I can't even get it out because of what I, I'm afraid that people will say. Judgment. So, so we carry it. Look, you have all this activity going on, but Caleb can't even lift his hands the way he wants to because he's carrying. His walk is slightly off because he's carrying. God Almighty, he can't even smile or love the way he wants to love because he's carrying. I'm asking for a generation that will find and look and check and see, okay, you're carrying, but as long as we're connected, I'm carrying you with me. So now it don't feel so heavy because we're carrying together. Most of us can't do it because we rather gossip about one another. But are there a few people who will forget gossip and just carry? Are there a few people who I know I'm strange, I know I get it, but are there a few people who will carry with me? This is what happens. Take the thought. Ethan, come for a second. Try to pick this bag up, Pop. 
So now Ethan can't pick this bag up because he doesn't have the strength. Most of us are trying to lean on people who can't carry us because they're carrying too. But as long he can be weak, but if I pick this up with me, but if I pick this bag up with him, we both carrying, but we carry in together. Try to carry this. Go. Steph, come quick. Go touch. God, yes, yes, I hear you. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Nobody knows. Knows, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. God, does anybody see me bleeding? Does does anybody see me in need? Nobody knows what you're carrying. Because you're working and you're trying to be the good wife. And you're trying to launch a business, but you carry it, God help me. You're trying to do what God says do. You're concerned about your mama. You're concerned about Barbara. You're concerned about pastor. But but you're carrying. Yes, sir. I don't care what it looks like. God gave you somebody to carry this bag with you. Sometimes it feels like he's one of these bricks in the bag. But, but God gave you the ability to help her carry her bag. You can make it. Carry the bag. Carry the bag. See, what Steph just did was he was like, she ain't got to carry it. He was, he was trying to carry it for her. Get you some folk who will carry it for you. I need you to walk together. And as you, as you walk together, I break anything that's trying to sing chaos. Anything that's trying to wait, I, I break it because you're carrying together. God, I feel your weight. I feel, oh shit. God, yes. God, yes. I don't care what y'all do outside of here. But these young people in this tabernacle, leave them alone. Because there's purpose on each and every one of them. And you can cause someone to be hurt if you don't pay attention to what they're carrying. If you are too judgmental about the way we worship, you'll miss what we're carrying. Steph, you can carry it too. Help him carry. No, Fern. Bro, I know what it feels like. I know sometimes it's not what you thought it was going to be. I know that there's other things going on. There's other habits and strange things that you want to, but, but I came to tell you that you have some people who will help you carry it. Yes, sir. Uh, and I know it looks like that destiny has stifled and stood still and there's no movement, but, but we're about to help you carry it to your next level. And, and as you walk, I break every door down and I speak to opportunity in Hakosha Carry it. 
Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But you don't know because you ain't checked. He's so broke because wondering who checked, who checked, who, who I'm sitting here, but does anybody see that I'm bleeding? Does, does anybody see that I'm going through stuff? Does, does it? God sees. And today we're carrying it. Put the bag down. A lot of times as husbands, we don't have the opportunity to let other people carry our stuff. But God is about to send a unification in this generation. And, and we're about to help each other carry. Yes, sir. Oh, she. Help somebody carry. Love people enough. See, some what y'all, some of y'all are doing is you connect to people just to see what's in their bag. Look that way. And, and I'm connected, but when you're not looking, I'm showing people what you're going through. Some of you, some of you owe people an apology because you know what they were dealing with and instead of covering them, you expose and now it takes me longer to recover because I sold into you because I, I connected to you and I thought you was helping me carry but you was exposing me Help somebody carry. We've all been through something. And I am being pushed into a state of forgiveness. But I still must be selective. Because there's some stuff in my bag uh, that I don't have time to play with. I need to make sure I'm connected with real people who will help me carry what I'm going through. Help me carry it. It's weighty, Serena. It's weighty, but God's about to send help. Yes, sir. I know you've been tired. I know you're wondering, does anybody see how heavy, how heavy my back is? Anybody see me stumbling? Any, anybody see me about to fall? I'm carrying, and I need your help. God has commanded us, thank you. God has commanded us to love one another. Loving, love is an action. Stop telling me you love me and there's no action behind it. Stop telling me you care about me and you keep talking about me. Stop telling me that you love me and you keep exposing me. Stop, stop telling me that you love me and you telling everybody my business. Stop, 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 stop. God is calling us into a spirit of unification. This church. This church is moving up a ladder. And the reason why it took us so long is every time we made a step, 
Somebody kept cutting the ladder. God, yes, 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 yes. So we wondering, we doing all the right stuff. We worshiping, we praising, but, but we not getting nowhere. It was because somebody was under us cutting our ladder. But God is sending. He's sending, he's sending unity into this building. Think it not strange that the, the theme was love because love is about to sprout up in this building. We, we've done the praise and the worship for years, but, but I hear God saying, go up in love, go, go up in love, go, go up in love. And don't put, don't put condition on the way you love me. Because that's not real love. When Jesus made the decision to die for you, do you think he didn't know what you were going to do and what you were going to be? He loved you and died for you without condition. <laughs> Something is moving. Something is shifting. Something is changing. And the reason why, we've got to make sure that the youth department is strong because the youth serve as the legs. We serve as the strength. So, so we need the wisdom. But, but if we don't have the strength, everything is shifting. Everything is moving. Where I was carrying my bag by myself and struggling. Oh, baby. I was carrying this and struggling. But because my wife is helping me carry, praying for me at night when nobody knows and telling me, don't worry about what they said. Don't, don't worry. Pastor, Pastor loves you. She's proud of, she's proud of you. Don't, don't worry about what it lo looks like. God, God said, when I was carrying, she was covering me and carrying with me. And God's about to shift us into a bigger place. Put your hands together all over this place. Young people, meet me at this altar. This is the season finale, and I want to pray over you before we go. Thank you. Young people and children, anyone else who feels like they're struggling to love, Meet me at this altar. And I declare, I declare a fresh wind. I, I declare a new mindset. I, I declare, I declare nobody knows what you're carrying. No, nobody knows what you're carrying. Nobody knows what you're going through. And every time you make a step forward, every time you make a step forward, something tries to punch you in your gut back to where you are. And you always say, they don't want the old Ashley to come back. They don't, they hope, they better hope the old Ashley don't come back. Nobody knows what you're carrying. But today I'm telling you, it don't matter. I don't have to know. I'm helping you carry. And I speak to every distraction that will hiccup in your belly. Yes, I speak up. I speak, speak up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Speak up for yourself. Speak up for yourself. Because what you have that people don't understand is you have a sincere love for God. You struggle with things, but 
but your love for God is sincere. And if you're not careful, you can be so distracted by what you're carrying that you won't even let anybody else help you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. There were people trying to help you, but because your guards and your insecurity is all up, you're saying, I can carry it myself. You're struggling and you're stumbling and you're falling, but you say, I don't want nobody to know my business. I, I don't want nobody to talk about me. That's why there's no movement. You have to let your guards down. You're afraid to even cry right now. Little teardrops, one. You have to let it go. God, yes, I hear you. 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 Where's, where's you? Come. Put your hands in her belly. And we speak to the deliverance of that thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We break the hold of the opinion. And God, what's, what's in her? Place it in her. Courtney, you don't have the luxury to be difficult with young girls here because you have to help them carry. And if you walk around holding stuff, then you mess them up with what they're carrying. I'm sorry that you can't be like everybody else. But there's a different purpose on you. <laughs> Let it go so that you can help them push out. God's going to do it. And Father God, we pray for these young people that are at this altar. And we ask right now, God, that you send the spirit of love in each one of us. Just like the word is on our clothes today, we ask that you put it in our hearts. God, send the spirit of forgiveness. God, send the spirit of get right. God, send the spirit of change. Send the spirit that allows us to break cycles and break patterns and break habits. Today, God, we come before you as a remnant. While the rest of the world is doing that, God, we'll meet you at the altar.